What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Marriage Mondays here on the Two Feet on the Ground Gravity Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris. And I'm your other host, Jamie. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about moving the line. But before we get into that, we want to hear from you. There's different ways that you can communicate to us. If you're consuming this on an Apple podcast platform, we'd really appreciate if you went to the main page of Two Feet on the Ground. Scroll down to the bottom. There's five stars down there. Please consider giving us a five-star rating. It's going to increase our viewability on that platform. You can also shoot us an email at chris at gravityct.com. Let us know what you think. Give us ideas for future Marriage Monday topics or guests for us to interview. With that, we're going to be getting into moving the line in life, in marriage, the times that it's appropriate to change course and move a boundary line. Uh, I don't know, Jim, should we give us a shot? Absolutely. Here we go. Moving the line in marriage and in life. Uh, Let's do this, Jamie. What do you think? Yeah, let's talk about it. We're going to set the stage and talk about a time when we had to move the line. The year was 2000, and we were 19-year-old kids. 19? I think we were 20 by now. You're right. We were, well, actually, we were 21. 21. We were 21 at the time. Yes, yes. Wow. Age is really setting in right now, guys. We we, we forget stuff. We're forgetting things. (laughs) (laughs) We were married at 19. We were having our first child at 21. And we were living in San Antonio, Texas. I don't know if you all have been there, but the sun hits different. Yes, it is H-O-T hot most of the time. And then throw in the humidity and it's like taking a shower or needing to take a shower pretty much all day, every day. Constantly, every day, even right after you take a shower. And I bet you it's always hot, but I do remember... That year 2000, at least for us, it was a scorcher that summer, right? There were record-breaking temperatures. I believe the day that we're going to talk about, we were breaking a record. I think it was 115 that day. And I'm just super thankful. We lived on a military base. And do you know where the AC was? It was cranked down as low as it could go. So back then, you didn't have to pay a utility bill if you lived in base housing. And so we had lived off base, and I think we shared in previous episodes how we had just a ridiculous electric bill. And all of a sudden we moved on base. And so we cranked that puppy down as far as it would go. And it was cold inside of our house. But uh, yeah. Hey, here's the deal. If you're young and married uh, and you're getting ready to have your first kid, maybe uh, think ahead and don't have a baby in San Antonio, Texas in September. I don't know. That's just me talking. Or maybe you do. And just remember to... uh be flexible and maybe willing to move that line. All right, so let's get into the the, the birth plan. One of the lines that we kind of set, I think a lot of folks do this, they create a birth plan, good idea. Right, we had great intentions with this birth plan. We knew how we wanted this birth to go down. And, you know, one of the major things, and this is going to be a reference back to our uh, one of our favorite movies, Four Christmases, uh, you know, don't most women want to have a natural birth? Only if they've never done it before. <laughs> so Jamie had never done it before, and she was like, I'm doing this natural. There's not going to be any drugs in my system, no epidurals. Here we go. And she actually made me give my scouts honor promise that I would not allow her any drugs or any epidural. No matter what words came out of my mouth, I told him, do not, under any circumstances, let me have an epidural. And so, I mean, scouts honor, he promised. 
Yeah. And I thought it was a good idea. And you know what? I think it is a good idea. If that's in your birth plan and that's something you want to do, uh, rock on. Jamie later did it. Uh, but for this uh, number one baby, the super hot summer of 2000 in San Antonio, Texas, our birth plan was no medicine or no pain medicine and no epidural. Right. And here was the thought that was going through my head. Generations of women before me had done this. And by golly, I wanted to feel the pain they felt. And if they could do it, I could do it. So we're in the hospital. It's been, at this point, I think like 12 hours. 12 hours of of uh, labor pain. So her water broke. It was late at night. Get to the hospital. We're in the room. And we're, we're mucking through this first child, uh, first childbirth. I'm going to help Chris. It was 17 hours. Okay. I think we were at 12 hours at the point in the story though, that I want to talk about. So at okay. some point, Jamie's not allowed to eat. Okay. She's, she's giving birth. So they say you can't have any food. You can have like water and ice chips. Yummy. Uh, so Jamie's hungry. So Jamie directs me to go down to the hospital cafeteria to get food. I can't even remember what it was and to bring it up to the room and eat it in front of her. And so that she could smell the food I was eating. Folks, I was hungry. So if I can't eat it, I want to smell it. And I told him to do this and he did it. And at some point, some nurses walked into the room and saw me. And I honestly thought they were going to kill me or cut me or do something, maybe flog me the look on the nurse's face and what are you doing eating in front of your wife? And I was like, uh, she told me to, I don't know. Yeah. I had to come in clutch there to just assure them I wanted this. So he, he remained in the room with food. Now fast forward to that 17 hour ish mark. And at some point as Jamie's screaming through these, these horrible, horrible labor pains, right? Uh, I'm now on edge. Like how, this is my beautiful bride and she is screaming and not looking pain. beautiful right now. You know what? I think there was a little bit of beauty there, you know, maybe not going to win any beauty pageants in the moment, but there was definitely beauty. I saw beauty in her, but she's, she's delivering my baby. She's going to make me a dad. I mean, this is this amazing moment, but it's being a little bit clouded at that moment by the enormous pain that she's in. And so I'm on edge, and finally she says, maybe I should get an epidural. And I'm like on my feet, running down the hall, trying that to find- That man had a spring on his rear end. He was literally waiting for me to say that. There was no, Jamie, remember what you said? Nope, he was down the hall yelling for an epidural for me. Yeah, Jamie, remember what you said left us probably like five hours ago at that point, shortly after I had whatever delicious food that I ate. So folks, here's the deal. There's times in life that we move the line. That's one of the lessons that Jamie and I have learned is, yeah, we set that boundary and we set it for a really good reason. And other people uh, may set, set the same boundary and stick to it. Awesome. But for us, we realized in that moment, we moved the line. Jamie had an epidural. The rest of the process was delightful. And we had a beautiful baby that wasn't harmed or had negative health effects because of it. Uh, let's continue with this, though, because that it didn't stop there. There were other things that we had set in our mind at 21, almost 22, that we were not going to budge on. Well, studies showed that uh, babies that had binkies would have overbites, and then you've got to fix that with braces, and we didn't want any of that. So our baby is not having a binky. 
But our lovely first daughter cried. Actually, crying is not the right word. Screeched? Screeched, screamed. Here's the problem. Like, first of all, we didn't know how to get her into a good sleep routine. So we are holding her to go to sleep every day, every night. And finally, when we started trying to break that, uh, she is absolutely screaming and we can't appease her or make her feel better. It was like a grenade going off um, every time we laid her down. And we found this magical solution. This magical little thing called... The binky. Yes, folks. I don't know why I would ever try to do it without a binky again. You know what? Yes, you have to break the binky later. Yes, there might be an overbite. Worth the $5,000 in braces. Because we gave her a binky and the screaming went away, the crying went away. She was happier. Uh, So again, if you raise your children and you have babies and you don't want to use a binky, don't use a binky. But if you find yourself where we found ourselves... And putting that cute little binky in their mouth makes the crying go away. We realized that it was a good place to move the line. I mean, so much so that on our second baby, we lined her head with binkies so that when she reached her little hand up in the night, she could find one for sure and then plug it into her cute little mouth. It didn't stop here, though, folks. Guys, here's the reality is sometimes things happen that you didn't plan. Another thing within our birthing plan and being young parents Jamie wanted to breastfeed 100%. That's all we were going to do. No formula. And then something happened. There was a word that I had never spoken before that came into my vocabulary, and it was mastitis. So Jamie got an infection in her breasts. She couldn't breastfeed our baby. And now we were in a spot that we were going to have to formula feed. We needed to once again adjust. Now, again, this is one of those things that some people don't want to breastfeed at all. Totally awesome. Some people only want to breastfeed. Totally awesome. The point is, is you might get to a spot like we did where whatever your plan was, whatever your boundary line was, you might need to move it and just be okay with that. And we learned through this first season of parenthood with our oldest daughter, we learned that, hey, it's it's okay to move the boundary line. Here's the reality in life, folks. We all have ideas of how we want to live life. We're traveling down this road, Right. Uh, this this long freeway of life. Stay with me on the, the imagery for a second. But, but because of lots of different reasons, we get to crossroads. We get to these, these pivotal moments in our life where we have to make a decision where, whether we're going to keep going the same direction or whether we're going to sit there and make a turn, make a change, and go in a different direction. And And for some of you listeners, this is super easy. There are some of you that you you really like to live in a free way where you're constantly changing course. If you look back to the last interview we did here on Two Feet on the Ground, I interviewed a poet named Wakiria Whitlock, and, and she had a friend invite her to go to Fiji, and so she bought a ticket and had 50 bucks in her pocket and went to Fiji, and she did this numerous times in her life, and it's who she is as a woman, and and she loves living life in a very... A fluid way like that. For other folks, you need a plan. Some of you need a plan for the plan, and you, you're you're a little bit more uh, rigid. There's there's comfort in having that safety and knowledge of what direction you're going, and that is awesome uh, if that's who you are. Uh, but for you, when you get to these crossroads, uh, it might be a little bit more difficult. You might be contemplating, nope, no binkies. Uh, it's where we're going to stay. 
And, and we really have to sit there and ask a couple questions. The first question, Jamie, I think we have to ask is, why does this happen? Uh, why do we get to these crossroads? I think if we kind of process that, it'll help us maybe make good decisions on when to move the boundary line. So what are some of the reasons that, that cause us uh, to get to these crossroads in life? One of those reasons could be because of the amount of knowledge you have on something. Maybe you've been hanging out with some friends and they've truly been mentoring you. Maybe their children are a season ahead of yours and they have a lot of wisdom to give you. So your perception or perspective could shift in the knowledge that you're taking in. At 21, Jamie and I had really no knowledge of being parents, folks. I mean, there's no great novel, book, whatever that tells you everything. And so we we set some boundaries, but we realized that some of those boundaries needed to shift as we gained more knowledge of being parents. Another reason might be the season of life you're in. And I mean, young parenthood is a season of our marriage. Yeah. And as we move through seasons, you know, Jamie was a stay-at-home mom for a lot of years, and it really was the right thing for our family. Our, our daughters had that support of her being home. It simplified us getting chores done and errands done and all that stuff, Jamie being a stay-at-home wife and mom was the right thing for us. But then as our girls all got into school, Jamie made a shift. I started dabbling in substitute teaching, fell in love with it, started doing it more and more, being assigned to full-year positions, and that grew to this love and eventual career choice to become a full-time teacher. And I would guess and venture to say that in another 10 or 15 years, Jamie and I are going to be in another season. We see it in our parents as they've retired. We see it in some of our friends that are empty nesters. As we get to these different seasons, there's a high probability you might get to a crossroads where you're contemplating moving a boundary that maybe you previously set, and and that that's that's natural, and it's okay. Another reason on why we might be at crossroads right now could be a major event. Yeah, we see this play out, I think, a lot over the last couple years. Maybe it's just amplified because of of all of the experiences that have gone on in our world. Uh, but but you know, there's lots of major events. You might lose a spouse. You might lose a child. You might lose a parent. Uh, these things happen. You might get offered a new position at your work. Uh, these major things might come about that cause you to stop and reflect and ask the question, hey, is this the right the right change for us in this time? So if we get to that spot of, wow, we, we drew this boundary though. We said no epidural. We said no binky. We said only breastfeeding. Uh, but But now we're at this crossroads and now we need to sit there and make a decision. Are we going to uh, are we going to sit there and, and change? Are we going to go in a different direction? Are we going to move the boundary line? And if we do, if we're contemplating that, if you're contemplating that, we want to give you a couple ideas of, of kind of making that decision. So there's times in life where you don't move the boundary line. I think it's a good thing to start with. Uh, what are some of those things, Jamie, that, that, that we need to stay rigid on, that we need to not move the boundary? Is the thing that we're contemplating going against our morals? There's one of the decision factors. Does it compromise the morals that you have in your foundation? Yeah, if it also compromises your ethics, we don't want to move that boundary line. Uh, if it's if 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 there's an ethical principle here, and that's why you drew that boundary line, then then you don't move it. Is it compromising your character? 
and who you are, then we don't want to move that boundary. And you have to keep in mind that for other people, maybe they just have uh, a different mindset on some of those character traits. And so they are going to move the boundary and you're not, and that's okay. Uh, but, but having that in your back pocket to where when you're at this crossroads and you're making that decision, do we, do we move the boundary line? Uh, it, it helps you kind of process, especially in the content or the, the confines of marriage, uh, process as a couple, is this going to be the right change for us? So something we've learned is that we need to be willing to be flexible. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways that we've done this kind of in many stories uh, that we could tell you. There was a season in our marriage uh, that we we took all of the rated R movies out of our house. That's right. Titanic went in the dumpster in Texas. Do you know why? Because Rose wanted to be painted on the couch nude. That's why. And I think it's actually a PG-13 movie, if I remember right. But that was what we were trained to get rid of. We... I didn't need uh, nudity uh, poisoning uh, our marriage relationship. And so we got rid of all that stuff. Now, since then, there's just times I need to see people get shot in the face, Jamie. Yeah, we just have this whole cache of like war movies and um, I don't even know, people triumphing. Yeah. So we've reincorporated some rated R movies into our movie collection and and we're okay with it. Uh, there's there's other things like kids' cars. Yeah, we had this rigid mindset that our kids, you know, we weren't sending them to college with a car. We had this idea we were going to match the monies they saved, and that hadn't panned out yet. And so one of our kids went to college without a car. And then COVID happened, and they sent her off campus, and now she needed a car in another city in order to be able to get around. And we had a car in our driveway. And so we realized that, hey, this was going to be the right time for us to move the boundary line. It didn't violate our morals, ethics, or our character. It was just going to be something that we did, and and it was the right thing to do in that time. So we were flexible, and we moved the line, and we took her a car, and it worked out great. Yeah, we've also been flexible with cats. We got some outdoor cats at our current house because we had a mice problem. This uh, property land that we're currently living on used to be a big orchard. And so there's just field mice. So we Well, get, there's not anymore. Well, there's not anymore because our cats are amazing little mousers. They bring us little treats by the back door and they just wait for us to see them. Yeah, look at me. Look what I brought you. I'm doing my job. And then during COVID, again... Uh, we really started fudging. I Really, it wasn't us. It was our girls. And we had the rule, okay, they can come in if you are holding them. Yeah, that that's totally been like blown out of the water at this point. It has, because then what happens when it's cold outside? So now we have this quasi-permanent station in our house that has cat food, cat water, and a litter box because there's a little girl cat that melts everyone's heart and is good enough to stay in overnight and sleep with girls. You know what, folks? It didn't violate our morals, our ethics, or our character, and it made our girls a whole lot happier. So although I don't like having to vacuum up the cat fur, uh, again, it was a good way for us to be flexible, for us to adjust and and go a different direction with, with our, our cat life. The call to action today is if you find yourself at a point in your life where you might need to move the line, ask, does this violate my morals, ethics, or character? And if it doesn't, be willing to be flexible. 
friends, thank you for joining us today on this episode of Marriage Monday. We hope that these conversations are helping you maintain perspective in your marriage and in your life. We would really appreciate if you shared this with a friend, help them out a little bit. We continue to want to hear from you. You can do that a lot of different ways. Uh, commenting on the podcast, liking, sharing, sending us an email at chris at gravityct.com. Uh, lots of different ways, folks, that you can let us know what's going on and how we're doing. Remember, friends, getting married is easy. Staying married is really tough. So go and love well.